Welcome to the Ferrum Athletic Company podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Warner. I am also the co-owner and co-founder of Ferrum Athletic Company. You're listening to our podcast through the Anchor app, which is broadcast through Spotify. We've chosen this app for ease of use and convenience of listening. If you enjoy it, share it with your family and friends, leave us a review, and let us know what you think. And now, on to today's show. What's up, farmers? Welcome to episode five of the Farm Athletic Company podcast. On today's show, we have a special guest, which is my business partner, Sherry Mooney. Special guest. Say hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? <laughs> Today we are going to talk special about guests. super special. Today we are going to talk about the story of us. This or is old guests. like how we started. You want to tell me your age? Too old. <laughs> Over the hill. Over the hill. So here's a question for you. How did we get started? Where did this whole thing like um, take off? You want to start with maybe how we met? I think we, it got started because you left your old gym and said, hey, do you want to open a gym? I was fired. <laughs> I was totally fired. That's how it got started. Well, to be to be more exact. <laughs> wasn't very were, planned out when it got started. Yeah, no, not so much. To be exact, I believe you joined the gym that I used to work at um, in June or July somewhere. I think it was June. What year and was that? 2011. I think this year is yeah, so 12 years since I met you. I was 39, so. Oh, you were so young. I know. Huh. Yeah, remember those days? It's Back hard. In the day. It's hard. <laughs> it's like <laughs> distant memory. <laughs> you walked into the gym, became a member. I took you through your on-ramp that we had at that gym. And you remember for... Um, let's see, six months, seven months, eight months, somewhere around in there. And I was let go from that coaching position. And I remember I called you and we'd been talking about potentially wanting to open a gym. Basically, we're unhappy with, I was unhappy with where I was. You at the time were a stay at home mom. And we're thinking about going back to work. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think you forgot the part that they took away the one of the only classes that I could attend because it was a 40-minute drive for me. So if anyone knows Lauren, it was me, you, and Lauren working out. We didn't even – I don't think I took classes very much over there. No, because I Just think – Just went straight into, like, competitor's training. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Isn't that like a – the story of everybody, like, hey, you become addicted and then jump into competitor's training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, me, you, and Lauren because I didn't really have anybody to work out with at that time. And they had eliminated the class that you were coming to. So I was like, hey, just come work out with me. Mm-hmm. And then not too long after that, I was let go. And I, call, I remember calling you that morning and being like, hey, we're not working out today. And you're like, why not? Which to you, saying those words to yeah, you. Yeah, that was tragedy. I mean, that's like, those are like the worst things ever you could say to Sherry. Hey, we're not working out today. I thought you were going to come through the phone and rip my head off. What? What do you mean we're not working out today? I was like, well, I no longer work here. I just lost my job. I was like, so you know how we were toying, toying around with the idea of um, opening a gym? I was like, wait, well, it just happened. And you and I had gone and just kind of like, looked around in the Julington Creek area for potential spaces that might be open. And that's when we found our first location at 618. Mm -hmm. And literally the next day we went and signed a lease and started building it out. And that was February 1st of 2012. And then once it, we finished the build out of what four walls in that old space, we opened May 2nd of that year. Mm -hmm. And really our driving force for wanting to open a gym, I mean, neither one of us were were business owners. I mean, if you were to talk about 
being entrepreneurs, I don't think either one of us knew what the heck we were doing. At the time, I had been playing professional golf and traveling the country. And you'd been a stay-at-home mom. And prior to being a stay-at-home mom, you were... Sold some things. I was an outdoor buyer. Sold some things. It makes <laughs> you sound like things. you were a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> kind of was. Pitney Bowes, mailing machines and copiers and fax machines back in the day. I did want to sell drugs, though. I was wanting to go into the pharmaceutical industry. And that's why I took the legal, Pitney, po- Pitney Bowes job. You're so funny. <laughs> legal drugs. Legal let's put drugs. it that way. Um, but I didn't take one of the jobs because it was in Boise, Idaho, and I was too scared to leave home. So here I am. So here you are. So we opened this gym because, first of all, we both enjoy working out. I started working out when, um, I I believe it was the beginning of college for me. I started going to a gym. I remember my mom came home and the doctor told her that she had her cholesterol was bad. And I will never forget, she walked in the door and like threw away pretty much everything in our refrigerator. And back then, I say back then, like it was a million years ago, um, like 20 years ago, we had a box of lard in our refrigerator. And that was one of the first things she threw away. She walked in the door and threw the box of lard. I thought my dad was gonna throw a fit because everything was cooked with lard. And then she went and got us all a gym membership. Shoot, it's probably more healthy than the stuff they put in the foods now. Yeah, true story. At least it's real. Yeah. So as far as like joining a gym and working out and that kind of stuff was concerned, that started for me in college. Which I'm not sure when that started for you. That started for me as soon as I got a car. When I was 16, I drove, got a gym membership. Worked out at least three days a week. At, it was previously called, if people are from Jacksonville, they may remember this gym, American Fitness. American Fitness was then bought out by Bailey's. So I was one of those gym goers. Um, had was it really, you that, wasn't it you that called it Law Fitness? <laughs> law Fitness, law yeah. Fitness. Law Fitness. <laughs> law. Instead of LA Fitness, Law Fitness. Um, I had a couple, a good, good friend of mine was into bodybuilding um, ended up going to another gym. Talk about no frills gym. Our CrossFit gym looked like law fitness <laughs> next to this gym that we went to. It was literally hole in the wall, bunch of bodybuilders in there. No, no AC. Um, and then after that, um, I got into triathlons. So road biking, swimming, and running was my jam for a long time. And then I oh. still went to the gym. How old were you when you started triathlon? Um, 23. I think I was 23, and I'd, I did that up until Ian was born. And I I was so into that that I said I would never quit. Um, but then I had, I had been hit on a car, with a car, on a bike before. So after I had Ian... I said, this is enough. I don't want to, I still want to be a mom. Don't want my kid to grow up doing something stupid and riding on the road. Back then, the phones weren't very popular. So phones came out and I was scared to be on the road. So then I joined the Y because they had childcare. And I started following CrossFit.com at the Y. And I looked very silly because people would be on the cable machines doing tricep press downs. And I'm like, on the, I'd be on the treadmill and then you'd have to run and do pull-ups. And then I'd actually use the pull-up bar, what it was used, supposed to be used for, doing pull-ups. So it was really hard to do CrossFit Imagine at a that. Y. I bet. I bet it was. And then when Naya got to a point where she would sit and watch video games or whatever, I remember going to the beach and CrossFit Hard Knocks, the doors were open and I drove by and everyone was working out and I was like, I'm not getting out right now. They're all working out. So drove drove by, forgot it that day. And then the next time we went to the beach, they were actually closed midday and stopped in and got information. It was very intimidating though. 
Yeah, I remember your first workout was Fight Gone Bad. Yeah. Your first yeah. workout ever, I was like, oh, those poor people, they're going to die. Very intimidating. And I think a lot of people have that. Actually, pretty much everybody has that well, feeling. You know, it's an, it's an intimidating thing to walk into, especially if if you're out of shape and haven't done anything. I mean, to walk into a gym with well, and I was in shape. shirtless people and... Yeah, true story. So, and I think that's been one of the reasons why you and I have uh, made the change we've made because everywhere we go as business owners or what have you, like even if we go to the chiropractor and the, our personal chiropractor says, I've been trying to refer people to you guys for years, but they won't even listen to me when I say, oh, is it CrossFit fair? And they're like, CrossFit, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. So, um you know, making this change has definitely opened up a whole new world for us. Oh, for um, sure. And being able to help, you know, just more of the general public and not just people who want to, that are hardcore in fitness and want to compete. So if we go back to the reason why you and I opened a gym in the first place, number one, it was, part of it was our love of working out. Yes, um, I say so. We both knew that. First of all, you don't you don't open a gym to work out more. To work out more, <laughs> it's kind of like people that are like, "Oh, I'm going to go work at a golf course so I can play golf more." It doesn't work that way, like at all. You actually might end up working out less than you were before you were a gym owner. So if you're, I mean, if you're someone who's thinking about opening a gym because you love working out or you're going to open a CrossFit affiliate because you love CrossFit, you better love the idea of helping people more yeah, that far than you outweighs. love. Yeah. That far outweighs than the other part of it. Um, but, you know, it's not hard to make time to work out. It's just, uh, you just have to make time for yourself. Yeah, it just, and there's days where the time that you usually work out might change. Sometimes it's, well, for me, it might be 6 or 7 a.m. For you, that's not an option. Not an option. Um, and it's fun to jump in on a class every now and then. Yep. And then might be in the afternoon, might be in the evening, might be a day off. So it just depends on what the overall schedule looks like because something else that's contrary to popular belief is that being a gym owner is actually a full-time job. <laughs> there is a lot that goes into it. It's not just... Come in, it's work out, just, coach some people, and then no. go home and sleep or go to the bar and hang out, which we don't do anyway. So if we were to look at how we've progressed to where we are. So we opened our gym this coming May will be 11 years ago. We opened in a 1,500 square foot. We called it the closet. We opened a closet. It was super small because we had an office and a bathroom in there, so... It wasn't even a usable 1,500 square feet. It was probably like a usable 1,000 square feet. That's smart, and though. It was smart because we had... You don't want to... Too much space. I mean, and I think what people are not getting... Kind of walk in this place now and like, this is so big. And then you look over and half the class is on one side. And the <laughs> other half, there's no one over there. Everybody's I don't think, still... Nobody's, nobody's like, wait a minute, the what do gym? we do with all this space? And I have my own space? Yeah, I don't have we to do share a pull-up bar? So we were 1,500 square feet. We were crammed in like sardines. People loved it. It was, and back when we opened our affiliate, um, or back when we opened our gym, 2010, that was around the time that, I'm sorry, 2012. I started CrossFit in 2010. That was around the time that the CrossFit Games were really ramping up. Um, prior to that, the only people that did CrossFit were like the grungy, hardcore people that were basically elite athletes. Like I remember talking to a guy that was like, "Man, I wish CrossFit would just going back would just go back to being just elite athletes and hardcore people." And it. And around 2012, it had started to really... That everybody could do it. ...move into the masses and not just elite athletes. Mm-hmm. So... But the competitive... The, the competitive part of CrossFit definitely changed CrossFit. For sure. 
It, that's not originally how it started. No, not at all. It started as personal training that led into some group training. Um, that was basically one workout. It wasn't anything like what it is today. Yeah. And you and I had this thought, this mindset of we want people to move as well as they possibly can. And well, and that's what Greg Glassman wanted. He was a gymnast. Yeah, and be as safe as they can possibly Curiosity. be. That's really hard to do at 3-2-1-go. Like, everybody's competitive spirit kicks in, and suddenly the people that were focused on form and they just want to do this right and not get injured, suddenly that goes out the window, and... And they don't care. They're here to beat their buddy who's next to them. And I think that's what made it really hard for you and I is that we, we care so much about the way people feel. And we care so much about everyone's overall health and their longevity. And we really, and we always have. Our way of going about doing it has changed and evolved. Because what we thought it was supposed to be at the beginning, as we've evolved our education, as we've evolved who we are, we've realized that there's a better way to do it. And a big part of that has been you had back surgery at the age of 30. Mm-hmm. You had, that was pre-CrossFit. It was pre-CrossFit. Um, you had a laminectomy in your back. In 2013, which was, what, a year into us owning our business, you literally blew out your right shoulder mm-hmm. on a bench press, mm-hmm. um, tore your supraspinatus on your right shoulder, and blew out your labrum 360 degrees all the way around. So basically you went in and had surgery and when they knocked you out, your arm like just fell onto the table because there was nothing, nothing left holding it there. That was a, a one year recovery pretty much. Yep. And then a year after that, which would have been 2015. Did the other one. You tore your left supraspinatus on a ring muscle up. Mm-hmm. Granted, some of that was, um, I had bone spurs, so... Anytime you lift your arm up over your head, that humerus is going to push that tendon into the bone spur. So, I mean, did I exacerbate it? Yeah, sure, I did. Um, I remember having some shoulder issues when I used to train more in the functional bodybuilding style. And I remember a doctor saying, well, just we'll shoot it with cortisone and take six weeks off. Well, it's a Band-Aid. It didn't fix it right? Um, clearly. So would that have happened... If, even if I wouldn't have trained like that, possibly, just probably pushed it along a lot faster. Right. Well, um, I think I think one of the big things that you and I learned is that after you had those two shoulder surgeries, your external rotation is very limited on yes. both arms. Yep. So for you, front racking a barbell, putting a barbell behind your head and as a back squat has always been an issue. Cycling and, a barbell up overhead. I mean, your shoulders literally can't get into those positions. And what you and I fought with is the idea of, well, just keep putting yourself into that position and it will get better. Yeah. Mobility, mobility, mobility. But there's some things and, you can't change. And that tissue didn't change because it's mm-hmm. been surgically altered. Once you've had surgery, everything's different. Like once mm-hmm. you've been cut on, nothing will ever be the same again. It's It will never go back to being the way it was. So for you, even... I mean, that surgery was in 2015, so we're coming up on 10 years later. We're at eight years later, and your external rotation is really not any better nope. than where it was after your surgery. So we went out searching down the educational path for ways to help you feel better, and which, is, which kind of sounds funny, but when you own the place and you're one of the primary coaches and you can't get into positions that that starts to weigh on you after a while. Mm-hmm. You know, mentally, you're like, I'm supposed to be demonstrating this for this class, and I cannot hold this barbell in this position. And after a while, you were like, questioning. What am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So if if we're feeling that way, and this is what we do for a living... 
imagine the person who well and I just kept fighting it because you know of course I, then I wanted to compete and make it top in the open and make it to the next level and then you know my body just had enough and I, I was telling someone the other day that if we would have known what we know now 10 and a half 11 years ago we wouldn't we would have never opened this gym to be what it is no we wouldn't and you know I said the same thing to someone who asked me because apparently like the programming conversation is always a conversation and I've I said the same thing to somebody because you and I believe that health and longevity should be a top priority for people and that's exactly what we've evolved this gym into being is something for health and longevity so we've we've gone through this hard road of shoulder surgeries shoulder recovery I've had frozen shoulder shoulder recovery I've had a I don't know, a hip out of place that affected my back. You've had back surgery that's made squatting a certain way difficult. It's made hinging a certain way difficult. And when you and I trained for years to be stronger, and I mean, there have been times where I've watched you not be able to deadlift 135 off the ground. Mm -hmm. You haven't I mean, we were supposed to be working our way up and deadlift weight, and you got to like 155, and it literally didn't move. And since evolving our education and well, I wasn't doing it training right. and learning about the human body, the human body, and more about fixing it—well, not fixing it, but healing it mm-hmm. and taking better care of it and managing stress, diet, sleep, the whole nine yards. The other day. I watched you deadlift 260 for six, six for six reps. And prior to that, I watched you do 290 for six. I mean, holy crap. Granted with a trap bar, but still. Still, but the trap bar is better for your shoulder position. Yes. Yep. And yes, I feel stronger now than I did when I did CrossFit. And you're addressing Doing those positions instead of the barbell. Yeah, I mean, we're addressing, I'm able to actually use my strength in the position that my body likes versus being dictated on, this is the prescribed movement, do it this way, or you're not an RX person. And that, yeah, and that that, that that carries a lot of pressure. It It does carry a lot of pressure. And then if you don't do it, you feel like you failed and you compare yourself to others and you know, when we did used to compete with all the other coaches in the gym and have middle of the day to do our workout with everyone else, it's like, you know, if I don't do it this way, then I can't put my name on the board and at this weight and at this prescribed weight, this prescribed way, you know, it's so silly today. And then it puts me in a bad mood. It's just silly. And it's just working out and it's just working out. And right. And, and the overall picture really is our health. Yeah. You know, I mean, what good does it do me to push my body to the point of winning all the time if my cholesterol sucks? Yeah. If I eventually end up with heart disease. I mean, I don't know or about you. Or you only sleep six hour, five, six hours a night. Or you go out drinking all the time. Yeah. We can talk about that topic. People that... Well, that's not wanna, my problem, but yes. I, yeah, right. People it, it only makes everything harder. Want to work out harder, but ignore... What they put in their mouth that's a really that one's a really hard conversation that we can save for a a different conversation but if we talk about the evolution of our business from 1500 square feet from a closet a couple years later we evolved to 3200 square feet grow to 3200 square feet and along the way i think one of the mistakes that you and i made which we've made a lot of mistakes. I mean, that's part of... Part of growing. Part of growing. Part of learning is making mistakes. Yeah. Well, never successful unless you fail. Is we always made this about everyone else. And not saying that we should have made it about ourselves. Because it is about everyone else to an extent. 
Like we, we absolutely care about the way people feel. We want them to walk into our gym and feel good. We want them to feel confident. We want them, more importantly, we want them to walk away feeling good. We don't want them to walk out of here feeling broken or destroyed or, I mean, or for you not and I, able to play with your kids on the weekend because you're so tired. Yeah. And the one that really hurt us is when we had to refer people to orthopedic surgeons or when people would come back from doctors and say, so I told my doctor that I do CrossFit and they told me, you need to stop that crap. You're just going to continue to get hurt. I mean, we dealt with that for years, for years. <laughs> I but mean, I, we, I dealt with it myself when yeah. I had shoulder surgery. Like, oh, that CrossFit, it just keeps adding to my retirement. And it's, and it's, you know, it's like the day that you and I coached a Saturday, I believe, in the little gym. I don't know, maybe, maybe a year before this place, we've been in this place. And um, it was a busy class, I remember. It was like maybe 30, maybe 40 people there. And it was you and I, and we had um, warmed everyone up, went over the m movement, got everyone moving, they look good, and that we go, okay, this is the workout, we will go over it, three, two, one, go, and then we stand back, and like, I remember looking at you and like, you know what, if the founder of CrossFit, Greg Glassman, was to walk through those doors right now, he'd probably shut us down. Yeah. And I'm like, he, what are we doing right now? He would take our um, It's It's so it, hard to control three, two, one, go. The movement just went out through the ear and went out the other. It's like, I just, I don't know. I just want to win. I don't know. Um, I don't know what possesses everything to go bad when that three, two, one buzzer goes off. Competitive spirit. Yeah. Is what happens. And competitive spirit is great in the arena. Like here's, and I guess, I guess I have this opinion because but those athletes, they, they do more than just do wads they work on their strength and balances they have yeah. coaches that you know this is what they do for a living they have recovery they have you know nutritionists um they have self-care therapy um but they are not just doing workouts crossfit workouts no they're they not. are working on their weaknesses yep absolutely and you know and this so goes they can for, move well this goes for any high level sport whether it's golf, football, baseball, gymnastics, Olympic lifting, powerlifting, CrossFit, whatever. They're not just walking in. <laughs> it's not like a show up and blow up and then you go home. As we used to say in golf world, you're just going to show up and blow up. Basically, you don't do anything. Well, I blew up. Yeah, you did blow up. That's a good <laughs> point. You blew your shoulders up, that's for sure. Um, you don't just walk in win, go as fast as you can, and then expect to be able to compete at a high level. It takes a lot more than that. So if you were to look at a high level athlete, it's hours a day, right? And that's where people get confused. Like they, the majority of people that have family, nine to five jobs, they also have very real life problems that they're dealing with on a day to day basis. They have the stress of their family, stress. the stress of their kids, they have the stress of their job. When they walk into the gym, the gym is supposed to be the place where like their brain shuts off, you lift some weights, you get your heart rate up, and there's there's a fine line between not enough and too much. And lifting weights for the external muscle versus your connected tissue. Yeah. And your connective tissue is a really and big deal. that's what deal. we're addressing now. 100%. And if you look at people, if you look at power lifters and Olympic lifters, they're not, power lifters aren't just squatting, pressing, and deadlifting. I mean, you and I have our power lifting certification that we got from, um, basically, the instructor there was Louis Simmons, right-hand man. And if you don't know who Louis Simmons is, he's Westside Barbell's founder. And Westside Barbell has pretty much every world record. They have the strongest athletes on the planet under their belt. And the person that we learned how to power lift from was basically Louis Simmons' right-hand man, Shane Sweat. And Shane Sweat's ex-wife, Laura Phelps, 
is one of the oh, most successful female powerlifters on the planet. She holds multiple world records and multiple weight classes. So to be able to learn from them what it takes to be a professional powerlifter, like I remember sitting at that seminar and you and I are used to talking to people about 300 pound back squats and you know, maybe a 500 pound deadlift to sit in a room and have a guy talking about thousand pound deadlifts and 700 pound bench presses like it's in a 225 pound uh glute ham race yeah like it's (laughs) like it's nothing when that that's hard enough to do body weight and i remember he's rattling off these numbers like you know bench press 500 back squat 700 deadlift a thousand blah 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 and he's talking about it like you and i talk about you going to duncan to get teeth like it's such an everyday conversation and I looked at you I remember looking at you going did he say 700 <laughs> on a back squat like is he for real what are we talking about right now like those numbers are so astronomical but they don't just very rarely do they squat press and deadlift raw weight like ever the only time they ever do that is in a competition mm-hmm. every other time they squat pen- squat bench and deadlift, it's always against bands or chains. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's always a lot of accessories. Six, yeah, it's always accessories. for six reps, eight reps. And it's always with bands and chains. And then the majority of the work that they do that day is accessory work. Mm-hmm. It's strength building, focusing on individual, for example, triceps or hamstrings or glutes or whatever. And it's, like, it's like three to five rounds of five exercises with, I mean, it's a lot of work. So for the average person to walk in and be like, Hey, my goal is to back squat 700 pounds. That's a big goal. My goal is to do 15 unbroken muscle ups. That's a big goal. Like those are things that require a lot of work, but they also require a lot of tension to detail. And sometimes people, as, um, as TJ just commented on my post, they get lost in the description. Like this really isn't as complicated as everybody's made it to be. And you and I have evolved our business because if you're not evolving, you're dying. We've evolved our business into a, a longevity gym. Mm-hmm. Because well, even Louis Simmons preaches longevity. Yeah. to his to his, his athletes and that's how he programs yeah um so Louis Simmons broke his back what like three times seven times <laughs> three I like times. so if we look at this as from a longevity point of view we're addressing it you can't compete every single day and address longevity at the same time. No. You can compete if you want if you want to do some sort of competitions, let's say you like Spartan races or 5Ks or whatever, but you have to understand that there's a difference between training and competing. Yeah. Well, this this muscle building that we're doing is um training them for that if they want to go you know, do extra running on their own or whatever to train for this Spartan race. They're strong enough, we're getting them strong enough in here. And as far as like cardio goes, I mean, it's really all you need. It's like when we jump into a class, yeah, it's hard. And I've, I don't feel like I've lost much by yeah. not doing long hero wads or, you know, wanting to go for a three mile run, like used to be nothing for me. Um, hmm. Definitely don't miss those days. <laughs> well, and let's, let's talk about this. You bring up long hero wads. So, from a triathlete point of view, I know our endurance, endurance athletes have a much different view of what working out look, looks like versus what, for example, myself, who was a sprinter, what my idea of working out looks like um, versus what a bodybuilder's idea of working out looks like. Like there's, there's a million different ideas. Mm-hmm. And the problem is we all we sit in this fitness world. We sit in a world right now where everybody's either right or wrong. 
There is no there, right or wrong. There is no. no right or wrong. No. You have to do what you enjoy doing. If you know your why, listen, if you want, if you like doing long distance endurance, go for it. No, just know that just, long distance repetitive movement has a risk. Well, and this would be, you know, like, um, you're right, like repetitive movements. You've got to train, you know, your connective tissue or like your strength and balances, like the stuff that we're addressing so you can go do those things. So that's what we're here for. We, we are that option to come get fit that you can do things outside of the gym that you enjoy doing. So let's take your, your triathlete, for example, who spends this a lot of time. This would have been times. awesome for me. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have herniated my disc. <laughs> True story. I mean, um, if you talk about long distance running, biking, rowing, mm-hmm. if that person was to walk into the gym, if, if 23-year-old Sherry were to walk in here and say, hey, I want to be a competitive triathlete, I wouldn't just look at you and say, okay, well, we're going to run, bike, and swim more. That's about the last thing you need. You're going to do all that crap on your own. Yeah. What Sherry, what triathlete Sherry needed was right versus left strength, hinge versus squat strength balance. Core strength. Core strength. When you talk about swimming, I mean, you have a lot of fascial tissue that connects your entire body together. So if you're talking hips in relation to shoulders, all of that has to work together at the same time. And when you have, we'll call it a glitch in the matrix, when you have a glitch in the matrix, something overloads improperly for a long period of time and you end up with the back problem. Mm -hmm. So when we look at our long distance endurance people and their definition of what's a good workout, you and I had this conversation for a really long time and it took me a long time to convince you that you do not need to keep your your heart rate elevated for 45 minutes to an so hour fun. straight <laughs> to get a good workout. No, I guess you just get addicted to that stuff. You do get addicted. It it's, works until it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, true story. But I, I should have been training like this a long time ago. I would have I would have probably been better at my, the sports that I chose. And you probably would have lasted in it for a longer yeah. period of time. Right. So I guess as a takeaway, that's what we've learned. Touche. Yes, we have. So and finally, well, <laughs> I just had to be over 50 to learn over 50. it. Slap the, in the face. At the age of 51. And I actually, other than uh, freaking menopause, I actually feel the best shape. I've ever been in as far as the way I feel when I work out, when I don't work out, I'm never sore, hardly ever sore, which I'm still building muscle at the age of 51. Well, and a lot of people connect being sore with having a good workout, which is not at all the case. That's That's a whole nother topic. That's you've reached the point of diminishing returns. Yes. So, and which takes me back to this definition of, you know, feeling that you need to have your heart rate elevated for 45 minutes to an hour to have a good workout, right? A lot of people start into, let's say, a CrossFit program, which, for those that don't know, the ideal CrossFit workout's about 10 minutes long, on mm-hmm. average. Mm-hmm. A CrossFit workout's about 10 minutes. Sometimes you go shorter. Occasionally, you go longer. People become so addicted to a feeling that soon they feel that 10 minutes isn't enough. Right. I, I didn't even work out. I don't feel like I did anything. So then it bumps up to 15 minutes. Then it bumps up to 20 minutes. Pretty soon, all we want to do all the time is 45-minute to an hour-long hero workouts that are thousands upon thousands so, of reps, and we get into an overuse pattern. So to back it up where you said that when we opened this, it, you know, we cared about what people wanted so when we first opened, we did classic CrossFit where we programmed a workout and, you know, we coached the movements. Um, we watched people move, um, which, you know, when we talk about movement, back then we didn't assess people. So we're just coaching movement. We weren't coaching human movement. Like um, based squat, on individual movement. Yes. Pressing. Um, so we would coach 
get people ready for the workout, give them a workout, and then people started getting better. And then they're like, we want more. So that's when we said, okay, well, everyone's wanting to do this back squat cycle to get stronger because that's what they've heard. That's when CrossFit's like they started adding some more things. Some other gyms did the same thing. Wasn't enough. So we added more. And then we went to the powerlifting certification. Well, we want to get our people stronger. Let's powerlift and do accessories. So we did that. And then people wanted more than that. Yeah, there's always been like <laughs> So a... it, was, it was always, you know, catering to people what people wanted because they thought more is better, longer is better. Um, it's hard to pack in an hour and everything. But um, I think that's where we've evolved as now we know what's best and we have something that's, we're pretty passionate about it and it's worked for us. We've actually been training it, what, three years? Yeah. This way for, well, um, it was after. Um, COVID was I remember I was 47 because that's when I made it to Masters Regionals and I think I what finished top 100 out of that after being in sweat fest yeah um that was 2019 and I felt really good then I really did I felt good then too as a sore a lot and things kind of hurt but I think it was after that that we're like I'm tired of hurting so much and we changed changed programs at that time yeah we did we, um, we were tired of doing bar facing burpees too and Oh my God, if I did one more bar facing burpee. <laughs> I, I think that was the real, that was the precursor. Yeah. I just, I remember the day that. It gets you actually, really good for the open. I actually made a post on this the other day. I knew my body was done when I went to do a burpee and I literally couldn't get up off the ground. Like I tried to peel myself up off the floor and my body was like, nope, have a seat. So if we were to look at what we do now, you know, we talk about being a longevity gym and our programming, we still offer a group class and our programming is in our group class is built, right? Mm -hmm. So built stands for building unique individuals living tenaciously. We've acronymed it. But within that, it starts with a tempo weightlifting. And the, I think one of the big things that we've learned is breaking down tissue to the point of exhaustion and then throwing something at somebody to see if they can still function isn't necessarily the best approach. No. So, you know, our weightlifting has a tempo to it, but it also has a programmed rest. Like, hey, you're going to do these. Rest is important. These box squats and you're going to rest 45 seconds to a minute or a minute to a minute and a half between sets or we program it as an EMOM to make sure that people are taking plenty of rest because ideally at the end, ideally you, you would like to build in weight an mm -hmm. RPE of maybe going from five out of 10 up to maybe an eight out of 10. You want to be able to build up in weight. You want that tissue to feel good going into every set. There isn't a, maximal tolerated dose, right? I'm going to throw all of this at you and then see if your rotator cuffs can handle these handstand push-ups at the end or this handstand walking and see if you cannot break your neck kind of thing. So what we believe our unique belief in fitness as Stu Bauer would say is that weightlifting needs to be have a controlled eccentric so that we can layer on some muscle mass because muscle mass is mm -hmm. the key to longevity. Especially if you listen to Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, she's very passionate about that. She's fantastic. So if muscle is the key to longevity, you've got to put yourself in the best situation to put that muscle mass on. And not bouncing out of the bottom and tearing your tendons and ligaments because mm -hmm. those need to be strong as well. Yeah. Cause overloading, Overloading your connective tissue just leads to disaster. Disaster. Been down there, the road. done that. <laughs> Been there, done that. Have all of the physical therapy sessions. Speaking of that, 
the people walking in our doors. When we first opened in for, I don't know, the first 10 years, the consultations that we would have, people walking in the door would be like, hey, I want to do this, but I'm scared to death. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to do this, but I really don't want to get injured. And I mean, it was literally everybody. My friends do this, and they, they highly recommended you, but I'm going to be honest with you, I'm really worried about getting hurt. Literally every conversation that we had. Yeah, turned a lot of people away. And I remember one day we're standing there talking to this girl and we're like, no, no, you'd be perfect here. And everybody comes running out the door and she goes, nope. <laughs> and she literally got in her car and left. Like she yeah. didn't entertain the, the idea. <laughs> she was out, <laughs> peeled away. Good thing we don't have the parking lot we do now. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Filled it with dust. Rocks <laughs> flinging everywhere. <laughs> the people coming in our door now at Ferrum Athletic Company, People are getting referred to us from our chiropractor, Dr. Land. People are getting referred physical to us therapists from family around and town. friends, physical therapists. And the people, the, the conversation is totally different. And it sounds more like, hey, I have this thing. And I've been recommended to you because I think you can help me. Well, and the people sending, the doctors, the physical therapists sending people our way believe in it as well because they keep going back to the chiropractor for the same thing. They're not addressing the problem. They're just going to get therapy, but they're not addressing what's causing the problem. Mm -hmm. So it's like Dr. Land, he keeps saying, you know, I don't have time to treat them with that. Like I, I know what they need to be doing, but that's not my specialty. So this is perfect. It, it really is a hand in hand business. I yeah. feel like we really should have built him an office here. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he can move in into the uh, into the main office with Stella. Yeah. So the medical world is overloaded. Medical professionals <laughs> are No, you're kidding. So good. I only wait what? an hour at the doctor. Right. Is so for overloaded five minutes. with people because people have problems and mm -hmm. they're searching for answers. The medical world gives you I mean, if you're lucky, you get, what, 15 minutes? Uh, if you're lucky, yeah. If you're lucky with a doctor? Well, you wait in that room, so. And they ask you, what's your problem? Why are you here? Here's this medicine, blah, 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 blah. Whereas our big thing is that we're trying to, we're not treating your symptom. Like, you walk in our door, Sherry, you're, I'm not treating your shoulder. I'm treating Sherry. There's, there's a bigger picture. That you're good not, luck. You're not just a good luck. <laughs> well, hang on. Let's use a different example. Yeah, let's, let's maybe who else we'll can we treat? Else. Let's treat somebody else. <laughs> but oh. people, people are so convinced that either the pain that they have right now, they have to live with for forever, which isn't necessarily the case. I've been to every doctor, every physical therapist, blah, 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 blah. They just say that I'm just going to have to have this back pain for forever. So I'm here at your gym now to work out. Can I just work out and I'm just going to always have back pain? Yeah. Does, I mean, the people we're treating now are the people like, um, for instance, I have a client that has had back surgery and went through PT. But, you know, once you're at a level, you're, that's all the PT you're going to get. So, um, you know, when she came to me, she basically had pain waking up in the morning every every morning um she had the same back surgery you did right? same back surgery yeah um still having issues with just daily life and picking things up and just living so we have her to a point now where she's able to lift some weight and lift it right and um not waking up in pain and having to do all the stretches that she has had to do just to get her day going. So she's, that's where we are. We're, we progress people to the next level um, so they can continue to do the things they enjoy doing on their own and let's eventually. Yeah, and let's clarify that we're not, we're not just talking about people that are like 75 and 80. No, talking about people younger than me, which is, I told you I'm over the hill, so everyone's younger than me. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about people in their late 30s, early yeah. 40s. I mean, we're not, uh, we, even, we even have high school kids with 
back injuries, back mm-hmm. injuries, knee injuries, hip injuries. And these people are people that are past physical therapy, but yet not back into their sport or their active lifestyle. And we're working on strengthening them and balancing them out in a way that they can, they can get back to all of the things that they want to do. Right. And that's where, and not scared this to is do the, the things. This is the path that our, that our business naturally took us. You know, all of these things kept getting presented to us. <laughs> and I think I made a post the other day, like, you know, call it a, a calling, call it a, an assignment from God, call it whatever. But this literally kept falling into our lap all the time. Like, I'm so bummed. My shoulders are really bothering me. I can't do these kipping toes to bar anymore. I can't do anything on your board. This is so depressing. I don't even know why I'm here. What can you mm-hmm. do for me? And we're like, I can't do anything for you. I don't know. Well, do your, you... <laughs> do your knee raises or your, just do your sit toes up, to bar just do on the ground instead. Yeah. You know, and that's yep. not what, that's not what people wanted to do. But then they would go to physical therapy and physical therapy would be like, well, you can put a glass on a shelf. You can lift you your arm. You don't need You're to be not... doing that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and there's other things you can do. So we've naturally progressed and evolved into, into this situation, into what I feel is training very... more for longevity eye-opening thing that really legitimately everybody needs because hopefully we're all going to age into our 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and we start talking about independence and quality of life. Miss Joyce. Yeah, Miss Joyce. Um, You know, things that I wish my grandparents would have done when they got to the point to where I would be like, Grandma, all you got to do is walk. And she would look at me and say, oh, it's easier said than done. And we're just talking about walking, not talking about running or jumping or back squatting. I'm just talking about getting up out of a chair and walking. That's sad. A lap around your house. Easier said than done. Yeah, nobody wants to live like that. And I think one of the really big shifts for us was the pandemic. I mean, it was a really big shift for everybody in the world, but especially for us in the fitness world, you and I came to the realization that we need to be solving deeper problems. So every person that walked in our door, I didn't want to just give you a good workout. Yeah. We wanted to help people actually address their problems. And still get a good workout. And still get a good workout. But do it safely and do it... um the right way so they don't get hurt and they can continue to have a good workout and talk about empowering people like the person that walks in the door that says my back hurts every time I work out if you can address the cause of why that person's back hurts every time they work out and educate them on what they need what if you could prevent someone from having back surgery five years down the road Now that person steps into either a group class or the running and the triathlons that they like to do. Coach Sherry has now educated them on, this is what happens when you do this, this causes this. This is why, talking about coaching the why, this is Mm -hmm. why this happens. This is why we are doing these movements. This is why we are progressing you in this way. Then when this person goes into their triathlons or goes into their group setting, Sherry says, I need to do this like this because, and then they understand the why and they're empowered to feel better, move better, move with a purpose, activating what they're supposed to activate. And then they no longer have back pain and potentially prevent having back surgery five, 10 years from now. And not being, yes. And not being active. There was something I read the other day that says, um, the older you get, the more being fit is a true status symbol, which is true because, I mean, who wants to sit in a house all day and not walk? Yeah, true. I mean, so you remember. What's your status symbol? Yeah. 
I need help using a bathroom. Yeah. I know the names of every old Western movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Remember, so when we were in our, in our other gym, the business next door to us used to be a salon. And they had a lot of elderly clients. Blue hair. Do you remember watching <laughs> all of them? Get out of the, yes, get out of their car. The help With, getting yeah. in and out of the car? Their aide would drive them up there and they would walk in all crippled over. But their hair looked good. Yeah, but we're talking <laughs> quality of life. And the worst thing that we as human beings can do is be so egotistical to believe that that's never going to happen to us. Yeah. Well, and what's sad is um, like looking at people with lifelong diseases or or illnesses that are in the hospital that are younger than us that don't even get the chance. Yeah, true story. So evolving our business to a point of helping people on a deeper level is what you expect when you come here. 100%. It's much more fulfilling and when you walk through our doors, from the minute you walk in the door, you're going to get basically put on a journey, on a roadmap from start to finish. And it starts with education and mentorship. Yeah. And every one of our coaches study nonstop to help people. Yeah. And to like where to start people and how to progress them without, you know, getting injured. So, um, every one of our coaches put in the time, you know, and on top of, so it's a lot of work. It's not just coaching classes. No. Um, I think, I think I can speak for all of us. We, we, we do our own research and studying and granted of it, we have our coaches in the active life program right now, but even outside of that, um, you're always searching for your client ways to make them better or the class searching exercises on, on more, more connective tissues, um, strengthening or muscle building, what conditioning pieces to give them after that, Mm -hmm. that is the best after you have worked that muscle. So a lot goes into it. Yeah, 100%. Being on this side of the marker, as I like to call it, is really hard. And it's evolved to a point over time, you know, what started out as being a fitness, an aerobics instructor or a fitness instructor that people looked at as not a real job has evolved to the point that it's now a career. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the big things that you and I have been fighting for is that this is a career. It's a full-time job. This is not a, this is not a hobby. This is not just something you um, go to work and then you coach a class at a, at a gym just to get a free membership. No, our coaches put in the work and are dedicated to solving problems and helping, really helping people do the best for their bodies. I agree. So Sherry, since you're um, my guest on the show today, <laughs> do, do you is know? Is this hot in here? It is hot in here. Do you know, um, do you remember what your Instagram and Facebook handle is? So if people want to find you on social media, they could like come and talk Shoot. to you. Do I you need to look it up? Yeah, I need to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see what it is. Yeah, right? Well, it's just Sherry, uh, I guess Sherry Chafin Mooney on Facebook, but I think it's Sherry CM 26 yep. on Instagram. Instagram is Sherry CM 26. So Sherry and then CM, my initial Sherry Mooney and then 26, because that was, um, our, our business name element 26 element fitness. 26. That's our LLC, right? And that's the iron. And I think element for, 26 for the longest time you and I, I mean, we've always been business partners in this from day one. But people, I don't know, maybe it's my hair, think that, have thought that it's just me. But it is 100% you as well because you are. Well, you know more about the technology part of it. Yeah, I'm the IT department. 
but nothing in this business happens without you and I having a full discussion about it. So there is no like, Andrea except Center. for this podcast. No, except for this podcast, I'm going to buy these microphones and I'm going to do a podcast every week. I was like, how in the world do you have enough to talk about <laughs> every week? And this is why you're and, a guest and not a co-host. And then <laughs> this 100. And then you the tell reason. stories. Uh-huh. You like story time. Uh-huh. You like working. See, out. I'll be working out while you do. That. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, guys. Work on my longevity. <laughs> Thank you, Sherry, for being a guest on the. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ferrum Athletic Company podcast. If you like the show, please leave us a review, share it with your family and friends, share it on your social media platforms. Our mission is to build better humans through the education of health and movement. If this resonates with you, please shoot us an email at forged at ferrumathletico.com. Follow us on social media, Facebook or Instagram at Ferrum Athletico, and we will see you all soon. Thank you for helping us to build better humans.